is a Woodside Church podcast. Uh, my name, as Luke said, is Jonathan Walter. We've been coming here for about a year and a half, and, um, and it's just uh, so amazing to be here. You've been so welcoming to us. It's been lovely to be part of the family, uh, and it's amazing seeing what God is doing among us. It's, it's just really encouraging. Um, we, we were singing this morning, our God is greater, our God is stronger, our God is mighty, and, and that's all true, but Does it always feel like that? Because I don't think it always does feel like that. And and the disciples didn't when they saw Jesus on the cross dying either. Uh, And this morning we're starting our four-week series uh, looking at Easter and leading up to Easter at four quiet moments of the Easter story. And the series is called The Piercing Quiet. Silence. The series is called something that's not very loud. We're, we're going to be looking this morning at Jesus's betrayal. And if ever there was a time where alarm bells should be ringing in silence, uh, this was the time in Judas's ears. It, it should have been ringing because Judas from this moment would have been forever known as the person who betrayed Jesus. And yet he did it in such a calm and quiet way. I don't know about you, but I love movies or books that always have a twist in, like a Sherlock Holmes or a Hercule Poirot, uh, where there's a story going on and you see that, but that's another story going on underneath. And, and it all reveals itself at the end, and it's like, ah, I didn't see that coming. Uh, and I love those kind of stories. And we read of Judas's betrayal, and we can easily miss the bigger picture that's going on at the same time, the twist to the whole story. Because this story is not just about Judas betraying Jesus. This is a story of darkness trying to overcome the light. And the story goes way back to the beginning of the Bible with Adam and Eve when they ate of the fruit and they turned their backs on God. And to truly understand what's happening in this story, I feel we should just read the first few verses of John's Gospel. And in John 1, he writes, In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word, Jesus, was God. He, Jesus, was God in the beginning. Through Jesus, all things were made. Without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. In Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus was there in the beginning. Through Jesus, everything was made, and nothing was made that that hadn't been made through Jesus. Through creation, bringing life into the world. Jesus, the light, shining in the darkness, and the darkness not overcoming it. What does it really mean, the darkness has not overcome the light? Because it can only mean that the darkness is trying to overcome the light. It means the darkness does not want Jesus to be king 
and Lord of the world he created. It means the darkness will do anything to stop that happening, but the darkness will never overcome the light. And and we're just about to read the passage of Judas betraying Jesus, but I want you to keep in mind that this passage is the darkness trying to overcome the light, but that can never happen. Jesus always shines brighter. He is always victorious, even when it does not seem that that is the case. So we're going to start in Matthew 26. We're going to jump around a bit, uh, so it'll be easier to follow on the screens, but we'll start in verse 3. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, And they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. You just see the darkness entering there. It enters their decisions. Then in verse 14, then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas was watching for an opportunity to hand him over. Again, darkness entering Judas's thoughts. While he was still speaking, in verse 47, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion? You've come out with swords and clubs to capture me. And yet every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Chapter 27, verse 3. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. This is the darkness trying to overcome the light. The chief priests and Caiaphas plotting to arrest and murder Jesus. Darkness entering their hearts so they can gain control of people again. Judas disillusioned with Jesus and planning to make money out of him. Darkness entering Judas's heart as he feels Jesus is not the conquering king that he thought he would be. The large crowd being swept along by the events, not thinking about the consequences and darkness trying to extinguish the light as Jesus was arrested and taken away. 
So I'm not surprised the disciples deserted him. I think I would desert Jesus at that moment because every way you want to look at it, humanly speaking, it appears that the darkness has overcome the light. Jesus is arrested. One of his closest friends betrays him and he was led off to be tortured and crucified. Do you ever feel like darkness is taking over? Do you feel that sometimes darkness is overcoming what's going on in your life? That others are getting ahead of you in life because you're doing things right and they're not? Do you look around the world and what's going on at the moment and think that darkness is overcoming the light, that hope is lost? Do you feel overwhelmed and that the darkness is winning? Because there are times I do. And I hope you're not too different to me. A good friend of mine, we call him Pastor T, he's from Burma or Myanmar. Uh, and two years ago uh, in Myanmar, there was a military coup. And there's been fighting in that country ever since. Tribal people have had to flee their homes. Uh, 1.24 million are internally displaced at the moment. There's been bombing on villages, and some tribal villagers have had to dig deep trenches around their villages to stop the tanks from coming in. One of our Burmese contacts recently shared this. People are living in fear. Many are on the run, and every day the military continues to crack down on those who show even the slightest sign of resistance towards the regime. Honestly, hope is fading within the people. We can only find hope in God. And a couple of weeks ago, I was in Bangkok and I was speaking to Pastor T and and he described this as one of the darkest times in the history of their country. And and he was saying that that churches are not meeting together because people are afraid of meeting in, in gatherings and large gatherings. But then he said, the devil cannot overcome us because that means we're now meeting in house churches. And that means that those of the Burmese that are afraid are now coming to us because they're afraid of their life. They're aware of their own mortality because what is going on in the country. And actually, more people are becoming to know Christians through the house church movement that's happening there at the moment. In the midst of military opposition, in the midst of a very strong Buddhist nation, Jesus is bringing light in one of their darkest moments in history. People are afraid of their lives, and yet Jesus is showing them his eternal plan. And it's just amazing that people are coming to know him from the very first time. And as we look around the world, we see darkness in so many places, whether that's man-made or from natural disasters. We look around our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and what's going on there. In Turkey, in Syria, in Afghanistan, in in Somalia. I could go on. There are so many places where it appears that the darkness is overcoming the light. But from this story of Judas' betrayal, we see the darkness never overcomes the light. Because we know the end of this story. This moment of piercing silence 
ends with a moment of deafening joy because we see that Jesus not only died, but he rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead with the power to restore, to bring hope where it appears there's hopelessness, to bring salvation, uh, to save, to bring life, and to bring light that is piercing in that darkness. So whatever you're going through today, Jesus wants you to know that he has already overcome that darkness. He has already overcome what you're going through. Nothing is too bad for him to give you hope in that situation. Even if you feel times are hard, even if you feel you're alone, even if you feel that your friends have betrayed you or you feel there's no hope, there is hope. And you need to know that this morning. There is victory And it might not be in the way that you think. In fact, I'm pretty sure it won't be in the way that you think. Because I don't think this is the way I would have thought Jesus would have brought hope and light into the world. But as we read before, Jesus had planned this before the world was even created. Because in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the darkness has not overcome it. We need to bring our struggles, our frustrations, our darkness, the things that we're struggling with this morning to Jesus, because he brings hope. And if you need prayer for that after, come to the front, because we know Jesus brings hope. There are so many testimonies of that in this room, but it's hard when you're going through it. As some of you may know, today is Mother's Day, uh, and very happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. So I was thinking about this talk being on Mother's Day, and I reflected that the relationship I have with my mum is quite different to the relationship I have with my dentist. I know that might come as a bit of a surprise. (laughs) But it, 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 I have a different relationship with my mum to my dentist. And, and I remember when I was in my teens, my mum was doing a counselling course. So I used to come back from the sixth form uh, and she'd asked how my day was. And so I did the usual teen response and I grunted at her. Uh, and then she'd asked, no, how are you really? <laughs> and I was being used as a counselling course guinea pig. Uh, and so I escaped from the room as quickly as possible. But to be honest, when I was growing up, Uh, My mum was the person that I would tell most of my problems to. She was the one I would come to with my issues, and and we would chat about them. Uh, For some reason, every time I went to the dentist and I opened up about how my life was going, they just wanted to open my mouth and jab things into it and get drills out and stuff like that. It was never a pleasant experience. Uh, And the relationship with my mum was much more about how things were. Uh, how I was going in my life and how we could help each other out. And I hope now I'm a bit more grown up than I was in my teens, maybe, uh, that uh, that it's a two-way thing. The relationship I have with my dentist is really just how can I stop my mouth from having pain? And it doesn't really go any deeper than that. And, And relationships are really different, aren't they? Uh, And some are about building us up and about helping us uh, become the best people we are. They they bring hope and they bring life uh, into the other person. But some are more about getting things from the other person, like lovely clean teeth. Uh, 
I just wondered what relationship Judas had with Jesus. Because earlier on in Matthew, uh, Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter answers, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. I think it's hard to know exactly what each of the disciples thought of Jesus because they all ran away when he was arrested uh, and they deserted him. But they obviously each had a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, But I think Judas's was probably different. I think Judas was more following Jesus for what he could get out of it. Or maybe he was following Jesus for what he thought Jesus would do for the Israelites. In John's Gospel, it even says that John said Judas was a thief. Uh, He says that not that he, Judas, cared for the poor. He was a thief and he stole money from the disciples for himself. But, But it seems that Jesus wanted something from Jesus. Maybe... Judas wanted to be rich. Maybe he wanted to be powerful. Maybe he wanted to be the first into battle when Jesus rescued his people from the Roman Empire. But we see Peter declaring, well, Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And uh, Peter, in his gung-ho-ness, always says he will do anything to follow Jesus. But Peter has no idea what that means. Judas, on the other hand, seemed to know what he wanted. He he was taking some of the money from the disciples' pot. He, he thought Jesus would save the Jews, whereas Peter was letting Jesus change him. And he saw that Jesus brought life and light, even though he had no idea where that was going. Whereas Judas didn't realize that actually he wasn't as close to Jesus as he thought. He wasn't letting Jesus transform his life. He was still concentrating on what he could get from Jesus. And So unbeknown to him, Judas was still walking in that darkness and not being transformed by the light. See, all all relationships are different, and we have really different relationships with different people. But I don't think Judas's relationship was what it should be with Jesus, that open and honest and following. What, What is our relationship with Jesus? Because I know there are some times in my life where I've been, yeah, Jesus, I'll follow you, I'll do anything. And there are other times in my life where I've wanted to take control and it's, it's been about me. What's your relationship with Jesus? Are you letting him change you? Are you letting him bring life and hope into your life? Do you follow Jesus from what you can get out of him? See, one of the things that Judas kept doing was putting his wishes and his goals first rather than just following Jesus and seeing where he would lead. Jesus kept looking. Judas looked at the present. How will Jesus bring freedom to the Jews, my people? How will Jesus improve my life? How will Jesus change my here and now? Whereas we see Jesus focused on the eternal. He's focused on the bigger picture. After saying that he could call on 12 legions of angels, that's 60,000 angels. I had to Google that. 60,000 angels that he could call on and then saying that actually the reason that he was doing that was so the scriptures could be fulfilled and it must happen in this way and we see Jesus a bit later on saying God can you take this cup from me if there's any other way but there was no other way 
So he went through that suffering and that crucifixion, even knowing that he didn't have to, even knowing he had 60,000 angels he could call on to just take him out of that situation. But he knew there was no other way of saving you and saving me. There was no other way. So that's what he did. His eyes were fixed on the eternal, on the bigger picture, on saving us, bringing grace and mercy to his creation that rebelled against him. There was no other way, so he went to the cross. He endured the darkness so he could bring us light. He fixed on the eternal rather than his immediate pain and suffering. Judas fixed his eyes on what he could get and he lost everything. But Jesus fixed his eyes on the eternal just so he could gain you and me and bring salvation. I often wonder what would have happened to Judas if he'd have just waited a few extra days and he saw the risen Jesus. If Judas realized that he had messed up and he'd asked for forgiveness rather than feeling he had no hope and ending his life. Because he knew that he'd done wrong. It said, I, I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. Judas knew he'd done wrong, but didn't feel that he could seek forgiveness. He was too proud. When, when my children were young and they were learning to do something new, there was always that phrase, I do it myself. I don't know if you can relate to that, if you've got any children. So I do it myself. And it was great because it was the start of some independence. I, I do it myself. But they never could. You see, so they'd try and feed themselves and food would end up everywhere. They would dress themselves and there'd be an armhole through a head and, a, and, and everything else. They'd try and ride their bike and, and they'd fall off multiple times, which wasn't funny. Uh, and, uh, and, and there is a time for independence. There's a time for us to do things. But there's a time to realize we can't do stuff. We need help. And Judas knew he'd messed up. And I think the saddest part of this story is that he tries to fix it all himself. I do it myself. And because he does that, he knows that there's no hope. Because there is always hope, as we've already read. There's always light overcoming the darkness. And I truly believe that if Judas waited for a few more days and he stopped being proud and became humble enough to bow at Jesus' feet and ask for forgiveness, Jesus would have welcomed him with open arms and he would have known Jesus' grace and mercy pour over him because the darkness can never overcome the beauty Jesus brings. But he needed to surrender his independence and walk into the light. And we need to do that too. Because sometimes we try to do things ourselves. We try and fix it ourselves. We sin and we go against God and we try and do it ourselves and it ends up in a mess. In fact, it ends up in a worse mess than we even started with. And we just need to surrender ourselves and come before Jesus and know we can't do it ourselves because only he can bring hope into our situation. 
We read this story of Judas and, and we see him, well, I see him as the evil betrayer. He, he's the one who turned his back on Jesus, the one who got everything that he deserved. And yet I am sure there are parts of this story that resonate with us. You see, I, I want God to shine in, in the darkness. I want God to shine his light in the darkness. I want sin to be shown for what it is, for us to walk in the way that we should. But I want God to shine his light over there or over there, in my boss, in my workplace, in everywhere. But I don't want to feel that shame. I don't want God to always shine a light in my darkness. And that's what we need to do. Because actually, he wants to shine a light in our lives to transform us, to bring hope. I don't know what your relationship is with Jesus this morning. But are you trying to do things yourself? Or are you trying to follow him, to obey him, to bring it all, to surrender yourselves before him? As Brian said, is that piece of paper where are you letting that, that fire burn? Are you letting that fire burn in the center of your life, in the center of that bit of paper to just completely transform your life? Or are you just burning it away at the edges? Don't try to fix things in your own strength. Throw yourself upon the mercy of Jesus. For some of you this morning who may not know the peace and forgiveness that Jesus brings, I, I want to just ask you, if, if you want to know that, you just need to come before Jesus now and just say, Jesus, I, I give you my life. I give you my life. And that would be the start of your journey with Jesus. And, and if you want to pray that this morning, come and see one of us. Come down the front because we'd love to pray that with you. For those of us that do know Jesus this morning, how is your relationship with him? Are you burning the paper at the edge? Or are you let him get right to the center of your life? Are you doing things yourself? Or are you surrendering yourself to Jesus? Are you letting him into that darkness? Which he can transform. He'll bring hope. He'll bring life. He'll bring light. Let's just stand. Let's pray. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you came to bring life, to bring hope, to bring light into the darkness. And we thank you that there is no darkness that is too dark for you to shine through. And we thank you there is no sin too big for you to forgive and to pour out your grace and your mercy and restore us to the people that you want us to be. And we just thank you, Lord Jesus, you came and you died on that cross and it all seemed to feel like it was finished and there was nothing else that the disciples could do and yet you rose three days later and you brought light and life and hope to the world and we put our trust in you this morning and Holy Spirit, just come and shine a light in our darkness. Shine a light in the places of our lives that we're not giving to you 
shine a light on the places where we feel that there is no hope and yet there is hope in you. There is always hope. We thank you that you bring beauty and I pray that you would help those situations where we feel that there's no hope, that actually you would transform that. But in your way, Father God, not in our way. And Lord Jesus, just come and help us to put you at the centre of our lives. Holy Spirit, be at the centre of our lives. Burn through so we can know your light and your life and your hope that only you bring. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.